This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. So this will make it day four of Sasha and JT. <laughs> Pat has been, he's, he's just been replaced. I was just going to say, yeah. is it now it's JT and Sasha? It's Sasha and JT. Yeah. I'm always, I, and JT, it just worked for me that way. <laughs> Sasha and JT. It takes the pressure off too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Pat is still out of town. And so we're uh, filling in this week uh, and, and actually having a lot of fun because we've had guests every day. And um, yesterday, John Carroll came in. Um, and if you haven't listened to it yet, John Carroll was, uh, we, we first met John years ago when he was on Survivor. He's from Omaha. His dad is, a, uh, he was a wonderful guy and, and he's the guy that turned me on to playing golf. We didn't even get oh, down wow. that. That's his dad and I spent so much time together, um, over the course of the years and he taught me how to play cause I'd never played a minute. And so it was about uh, 12, 13 years ago was the first time I played. That's and awesome. He taught me everything. And he's, he was a really good golfer. Yeah. And we didn't even get down that road, but we went down several others. We found, well, of course, I talked to one friend of mine that she listened to it and she said, so I've known John a long time. She works for him too. Mm-hmm. She says, and I find out that John has stolen, he stole live fish <laughs> from an aquarium, like <laughs> literally from a department store. And then also... Oh, yeah, the pastry. Yeah, the pastry in his pants. Which was, yeah, it was like a, was it the, the little package pies? Yeah. And he was like nine years old, and he stuffed it down the front of his pants, and he got busted. Yeah. Uh, so she found out that about him, and, and he really does not care. He has zero Fs to give anymore. He doesn't yeah. care what, what you know. <laughs> and then he started talking about his injuries on his hands. Mm-hmm. Made me really squirmish <laughs> and um, squeamish, squirmish, both of them. So we got a note from Courtney, and I just had to pass this along because it's holy... Holy poop emoji. Uh, listening to John Carroll episode, yelling in my hands or sweating profusely while he's talking about his injuries. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you any more than that. You'll have to go back and listen. It's, at the it's very, very descriptive. Oh, yeah. He's really good at that. <laughs> so today, if you haven't heard of it before, we've, we've talked about this before and we've had our guest on before, um, the North Omaha History Podcast. And it's, it talks about people's places, events, and all that good stuff in what is and has been historically African-American community, really wealthy pioneer Western community. And each week, North Omaha historian Adam Fletcher Sass been adding to his, his, his journey through Omaha history. And we've got him on with us today. Not in North Omaha right now, I have to say, but you are in North. That's right. Very North. Northwest. <laughs> So I'm out um, in Olympia, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest. Oh my gosh! How nice is it there right now? What's it like? Uh, it's pretty rough. It's about 55 degrees and sunny right now. It rains a lot, but I've never scraped my my ice off my windshield, so I like it. Yeah, that's a fair trade. That's a fair trade. Um, and funny part is, is that I, I I found your I stumbled across your podcast again recently because somebody had brought up something about North Omaha or Omaha history is what it was, and that's what always makes me think of you every time I I see a post from them, especially on Facebook. And they posted something about the Brandeis store in downtown Omaha, and it's on like what Sixteenth Street was that about where it was at? Yep. yep. And it was a four-story, five-story building, I think. And and what they posted though was the Christmas floor, and that right. that they used to. I don't I don't personally remember this, but the pictures are very familiar when you see them. Um, 
What do you know about that store? Well, I mean, big, beautiful building that's still there. It's on the National Register of Historic Places. It's really well maintained on the outside. And you can even see the old-fashioned Brandeis neon sign still on the west side of the building on 16th. So if anybody gets a chance, go down there and look at it. But this gigantic old store started as the Boston Dry Goods Store. And it was started by this Jewish immigrant, Jonas Brandeis, who came into Omaha from New York City. And he was just determined. And the guy built and built and built. And eventually him and his son started this whole dynasty, this empire. And Brandeis was eventually, you know, it it moved on like all the department stores seem to have. Yonkers became involved and then the brand changed and then the store shut down. And then it was converted into apartments and condos. And that's what it is today. It's just such a beautiful building. But this long legacy, the Brandeis family built mansions. They built a country estate. They had all kinds of just huge effect on Omaha and so many jobs, but so many memories in the 1950s. You, like you mentioned, these glorious Christmas displays that filled up the windows, but they also had the store Santa. They had these beautiful cafeteria. They had all kinds of fancy stuff that people love to go to the big department store for that effect. You know, it's funny though, Jill, I mean, when we get into department stores, we could just go right on down the line. South Omaha before. So Brandeis started his store in the 1870s. I did not know that. He built a giant store downtown in 1880. Wow. Old thing. But then we have these little department stores. There was one in South Omaha that was called the Phillips Department Store that opened in the 19-teens. And then in North Omaha, there were several department stores right along 24th Street, four or five of them. And they weren't these gigantic, monstrous things like Brandeis, but they were still big enough to have multiple departments and to sell all this different stuff. Fun, fun history. That's, that's great. You know what's really funny? I just got to tell everybody, too. When I brought this up, you didn't know where I was going. When we, we started this and you, and I, I had asked you earlier if there's something in particular you want to talk to talk about. And he's like, ah, just, you know, go with it, whatever you got, bring it. And it's like top of mind for you. Everything is. Yeah. I, I, it, it's, this is a labor of love for me. You know, no big museum employs me. I don't have a historical society behind me. This is just Adam on his computer and reading the books and doing all the things all the time. And I love it, Jill. I mean, it's it really means a lot to my heart. But it's fun for me because it sticks in my brain and everything's a rabbit hole that I just get to explore more and more. So, you know, when you get something you love like that, when yeah. you get a passion like that, you can just chase it as much as you want. It's got to be fun, too, because every once in a while you see something, you see where, where one world kind of collides with another. And you're like, oh, my God, now that makes sense why that is there, because that was going on. And got between the buildings and the people, um, which is a whole nother set of history books <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> so, so on my website, NorthOmahaHistory.com, I try to write about people, places and events and tie together those three things over and over and over. And sometimes they overlap really neat. So you have the story of the Jonas Brandeis, the immigrant himself, and then his sons and his family and what they did. But you also have the story of the physical building, the store. But then you also have the story of these mansions and of this country estate and all these different things that happened. You know, one of his sons, Emil Brandeis, was the only Omaha to die on the Titanic. 
Did not know that. And so these <laughs> events overlap with the people and the places, and it's all piled on top of each other. And when I peel North Omaha history, it's so great because, like you said, it's African-American. It's old pioneer Omaha. It's also the Jewish community in Omaha was in North Omaha for 100 years. Mm-hmm. You had all these middle class and upper class folks who lived throughout the neighborhood. So all of these things just layer on top of each other like a big old cake. And the frosting is, for me, it's getting to share it with people. Mm-hmm. You know, really make sure that people can see the beauty of the place and just the depth of the history. And even when it comes to events that scare us or concern us or whatever, if it was a riot or, you know, some kind of uh, violence or whatever, even if it's that to still understand that it's complex. And in that complexity, we lose some of the kind of vagueness and shallowness and we can get into the depth and the real meaning of history. And I love that stuff. It's great for me. Do you know in North Omaha, is there a, like, like a, even unofficial North Omaha tour? You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the places where you should, you need to see these places. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the things I love doing, Jill, is putting together lists of tours on my articles. So I'll explain a neighborhood and then I'll have a tour that I've written below that. And it has the name of the place, it has addresses, it has why it was significant. Uh And I do that a couple dozen times. So if anybody really wanted to see something for free and fast, NorthOmahaHistory.com, it's got it all. But uh, and I've, and I've also put those into my North Omaha history books. So there's about two dozen tours that, that a person could do, but awesomely and, and neatly enough, there's more popular tours that are happening uh, in the 24th and Lake area. You have the, uh, uh, a gentleman named Preston Love Jr. And Preston leads these tours for different organizations. And he's a great wealth of knowledge about North Omaha history. And he's right there in the neighborhood and uh, does those tours himself. Mm-hmm. He also does them through the Great Plains Black History Museum. And there's a couple other organizations that are in on that. So you can also look that up. North Omaha Tours, just Google that and a couple different options come up. I think up. like the 24th and Lake on your website, I know you have a couple of short videos or films that you have up there um, where you were kind of doing a little walking tour. Because that's that's kind of your old stomping grounds. Exactly. I grew up at 24th and Fort, which is north of there, of course, but uh, that whole region and, 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 and really when I'm talking about North Omaha, it's everything east of 72nd, everything north of Dodge. So it's a gigantic area and there's so many different layers to it. You know, again, it's that complicated cake, but if you look at a tour of Florence, you get to see two dozen different places that start in 1811 and go all the way up to the present if you look at fort omaha you Mm -hmm. get to see 24 different buildings that all start in 1869 and go all the way up to present and and you can keep doing this over and over dundee benson the gifford park neighborhood the near north side i mean it just goes on and on all All these neighborhoods have all this deep history that's all tied together exactly Exactly. yeah that's that's the the really neat part is you and you're right there of of recent years we've seen kind of a revitalization in that midtown area um and um everything from the hotels and to the businesses and trying to bring more into it and and people moving in and, and fixing up houses you know, in yeah. some of the neighborhoods and working hard to try and clean up things and, and get control. Because I know for a lot of people, things got a little scary for a while and, and it, it ebbs and flows. And it's like that in any neighborhood. It's going to come sooner or later. It ebbs and flows. But that neighborhood up there in the north part of town, um, and we mentioned Fontenelle and that whole area. Um, the, I can't think of the name of the cemetery that's up there. Um, 
huge and I can't remember the name of it, but, but Forest, Forest Lawn Cemetery. That's the one. Thank you. I knew you'd know. Um, but yeah, when you, so here's a cool thing, just really quick down yeah. that road, you know, you and I had a wonderful, a couple wonderful episodes that we've talked about in the past about, uh, uh, Halloween and just Halloween and the ghost stories and everything, you know, Jill, since then I've dug this up and what I've ended up discovering is that there are 12 cemeteries in North Omaha, North of Dodge, East of 72nd. And I'd never put that together. I never thought about it, but there's one in Ponca Hills up North of I-680. There's, there are two Jewish cemeteries in North Omaha. There are, you know, Forest Lawn that goes back to the 1870s, but there's also uh, Prospect Hill Cemetery mm. that goes back to the 1850s. So, I mean, you got all these layers, again, layers and layers of history mm-hmm. over and over, but to find a dozen cemeteries in that region of the city, that alone Benson had its own cemetery on and on Springwell Danish cemetery. You can walk through there and almost see no names that you recognize in any language that you can speak unless you're Scandahoovian and you get <laughs> Danish or, or, you know, whatever those languages are. Yeah. They're all in that cemetery and it's beautiful to see. It's so much fun, but that's crazy. There's a history. Had no idea. Cause I honestly, I think most people would be hard pressed to name a handful <laughs> of cemeteries in all of Omaha. In the whole city. And in the fact of the matter yeah. is, I mean, there's a, there are more than two dozen cemeteries. There's a wonderful website uh, that's, that's done by a woman named Martha Dawes, and it's filled with the cemeteries of Omaha and all their history. And so, again, a great thing to Google. Super fun. Mm-hmm. But it, just this collection of all the cemeteries. And stuff. it does. It sounds kind of uh, dark, but it's not. Because, honestly, when you go get to looking at cemeteries, well, I see, I got kind of, but I'm turned on to isn't what I want to say, but I kind of got, I kind of got into when I got into ancestry.com. Right. Right. So, so started digging around there and then you want to go to findagrave.com. So you're looking for ancestry, you know, your ancestors graves and lo and behold, some other far off relative has taken a picture of the headstone of your relative that's buried in Vermont or wherever. And so you can see and it's it's amazing because when you I mean cemeteries are fascinating just because of the pageantry um, over the years some of them are unbelievable the headstones and the mausoleums and so, others are so, so simple. It's awesome that you go down that road because what comes to my mind immediately to to dovetail along with that pageantry are the churches. The fact of the matter is, Jill, I've tracked another fifty historic churches in North Omaha. Stop. These gigantic <laughs> buildings that are like these edifices to the old times, and they're glorious. Some of them are Gothic, and some of them are, you know, these old world styles, Tudor and different things like this. And you're looking at them; they're mind blowing. You have Sacred Heart Catholic Church right there in North Omaha, at, built in 1899. You have the old Pearl Memorial Church up at 24th and Fort, built in 1917. You have just these churches spread all around. There was a church that was over in the Orchard Park neighborhood by 40th and Hamilton. It was the Orchard Park Methodist Church. Now it's another church, but it's a wooden building that was built in the 1890s, and it still stands right now. But so these churches, it ties in my imagination with the cemeteries. And of course, where did all these folks come from? The beautiful old houses. And when we look at the houses, there's another list of literally hundreds of houses. And I've got it on NorthOmahHistory.com of de- de- yeah. house by house detailing of just all these different, the families that live there, where they were buried, the jobs that they had. And it's weird to kind of be, again, you mentioned it, 
but it's weird to put it together because like when you're making this cake with all the layers and the icing on top, you have all the ingredients. Yeah. And so one of the stories that I love is the story of Thomas Stroud. Thomas Stroud was this guy who came to North Omaha. He built his factory right by uh, Florence Boulevard and Ames Avenue, the Stroud factory. I've got an article about it. And basically he developed the first ever mass produced uh, road grading wagon. He called it the little red wagon. It was this gigantic box. We wouldn't think about it now, but it's like a dump truck that carried gravel. And it had a sifter in the back that laid out gravel on roads flat. Right. That's all. Which which you had to have. It was an innovation. Like nobody had thought of this. Because everything is mud otherwise. Exactly. So Stroud (laughs) starts this plant to build these, uh, to build these boxes, these, these wagons, basically. He builds his mansion. He gets rich. The guy ships his products all around the world. He literally ships these wagons to China from Omaha. He ships these wagons to France from Omaha. And he shipped them on the Beltline Railway that used to run through North Omaha. You can still see the old rail beds today. And basically, Stroud built his factory right up the road on Florence Boulevard, right where uh, Stores Parkway is now. And he built this gigantic old mansion right there. And then when he died, he was buried in Forsan Cemetery. In the meantime, he attended a church right in the neighborhood. You know, this whole, the whole thing. He shopped at a grocery store that was at 24th and Ames. He bought his shoes probably at the Brandeis department store downtown. It's all tied together in this beautiful map that made the cake that makes the layers. It has the icing that's so much fun to look at. That's crazy. When did you first start doing this kind of stuff? Um... So I've been a nerd all my life, <laughs> you know, growing up at 24th and Fort in the eighties and nineties, Jill, the fact of the matter is it was as scary as you mentioned, you know, it, it you walk through the neighborhood and it, they, they talk about it being a depressed community mm-hmm. and psychologically, economically, socially depressed, just bummer Vinsky. The houses were not in good condition. The businesses had closed or they were closing. The buildings were being torn. Was down your family from there or your family moved there while you were we, a kid? We moved there when I was 10 years old or about eight or nine years old. I, I went to Miller Park School. I went to Sherman School. I got to go to McMillan and North and graduated from North and then went to Wesleyan down in Lincoln. But in the meantime, while I was growing up though, I got a chance to go throughout the neighborhood over and over for all kinds of reasons. I was a boy scout. We had ceremonies at the Calvin Memorial Presbyterian church down at 24th and Wirt. We had different events for the Moja district of the boy scouts all throughout North Omaha with the idea that this, I mean, ultimately it was a boy scout district just for black kids. And Uh I was a goofy white kid in the middle of it. So I got to see (laughs) things that a lot of white kids didn't. This is, I was just going to say real quick, just something that popped in my head. You grew up in an area that had a hundred years of history. And for a lot of children, that's not the case because they're in a new neighborhood. 20 years, 10 years, five years. Right. That's exactly it. So when I was going around these neighborhoods, my family was poor too. And we had a lot of chance to walk, whether that was good or bad is irrelevant. (laughs) Or you're waiting for the bus, you know, and you got to walk to these. And we walked to 30th and Ames and we walked to 24th and Fort. And we walked to all these different areas. And then you ride the bus, you take four bus transfers to get to Crossroads. And eventually I would see (laughs) the things that lots of people like to talk about when they talk about history. Yeah. But back then as we were walking I'd look at the old buildings and you'd see this cool thing. I looked for gargoyles because I was a dorky kid. I wanted to see a gargoyle (laughs) or, you know, you see the beautiful scroll work on the old houses or you see the bricks set out in this certain way, or you you actually had a chance to see a house get demolished and they took the wood off the windows and there's beautiful leaded glass. I didn't know what any of those things were then. 
Yeah. But it all stuck in my imagination. I also had these mentors, um, old folks at Pearl Church, the oh. African-American mentors for my Boy Scout troop. That knew the history of the area, right? That I mean. Exactly. Yeah. And so I heard about the streetcars in the olden days. And I heard about the, you know, the soda fountain at the drugstore on the corner. And I heard about the segregation and I heard about the riots and I heard about all these different things. And it all just hung in my imagination all throughout my teens into my 20s. And then. One day the internet was invented, right? Uh, uh, it, it was about 2005 or six that Wikipedia, Wikipedia got really popular. Yeah. And I was looking across the articles on Wikipedia and I found Chicago history, but I couldn't find Omaha history. And I thought to myself, well, if they can write about Chicago history, right. I can write about Omaha yeah. history. How hard could right, it be? Because everybody knows about Chicago and that damn cow. So, that you know, cow. right? Nobody nobody knows all this, the great things that happened in Omaha, Mrs. O'Leary. So I dig into this Omaha <laughs> history. I start looking online. I start getting books. I start checking stuff out from my local library, order them across the internet, the whole thing. Yeah. And basically, I ended up writing 300 or starting 300 articles related to Omaha on Wikipedia. Oh, my but gosh. Then, Okay. So anything that you see on Wikipedia about Omaha, food of Omaha, the cuisine of Omaha, the culture of Omaha, the music of Omaha, the history of Omaha, all of it, I wrote it all, or at least I started it. And a lot of people contributed and made it a lot better. But, yeah. you know, I got that started, but then I got really focused on North Omaha and nothing in North Omaha that I could see initially really met that criteria for Wikipedia. Believe it or not, Wikipedia has some standards, Did right? Not know some that. things that we've got to do. <laughs> And I couldn't see a lot in North Omaha that was notable enough to put on Wikipedia. You know, I started this article on the Trans-Mississippi Exposition of 1898, and that was cool, or maybe an old building or whatever. But that's why I started NorthOmahaHistory.com, and that was about eight or nine years ago. And when I started it, nobody was reading this thing. Oh, man, I tried to crank this out. I tried to get it going, hopped on Facebook, started a Facebook page for North Omaha history. Then a couple of history groups started focused on Omaha, and I contributed a lot of content to there. Um, And so I stay involved now with the Omaha History Club on Facebook and push out North Omaha history there to make sure the whole city knows about it. But then and we have like 10 or 11,000 members on the Omaha History Club now on our North on my North Omaha history page. I have about 6000 followers and then another four or five thousand on Instagram. So people are paying attention. Right. Mm -hmm. They're looking. But it goes way back 20 years, 30 years for me. And I'm just in the thick of it right now. And it's as exciting today yeah. as it ever has been. It's well, so huge. You get the joy of seeing a lot of people hearing about some things for the very first time. And, and, and yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it, and then they're just hungry for more because they want to find out yeah. more about what was going on. Like you were talking about the, the design of the, the, the buildings and the homes and the churches. The architecture in Omaha when you get, especially in the older buildings, not saying that the new buildings aren't real fancy, but the older buildings, it's phenomenal. And it's easy to overlook because a lot of people drive down the same streets every day and they don't ever look left or right. Exactly. And they drive right by it. The, the neighborhood, and I'm, and, um, and I apologize because there are a lot of neighbors. I've lived here in Omaha now almost 20 <laughs> years and I've still, and I grew up in Ashland for Pete's sake. I should know where all these neighborhoods are and I don't. Uh, right. Gold Coast, right? Gold, right? That is... Yeah. Um, 42nd. There we go. That's and that, that neighbor, those homes along there. Do you know, I mean, what, what do you know about that area? So first thing is I have an article about it on North More than 50 houses in the gold coast neighborhood. The gold coast neighborhood goes North of Dodge and South of Dodge. 
there was there were older neighborhood gatherings. One one was called Cathedral. The Cathedral neighborhood is part of the Gold Coast neighborhood. And I've written about that, these 50 houses north of Dodge that are part of that area. And the fact of the matter, I mean, Jill, mind-blowing homes. They are gorgeous. And, and most and, of them, aren't they divided, a lot of them divided up into apartments now? I wouldn't say a lot. There okay. are some that are, and, and even many, but not a lot, not all of them by any measure. Of course, that's where the, uh, the castle is, the Joslin Castle is. And yes. and is such a significant place for the whole city, but it's that's really North Omaha landmark when we come down to it. Anything north of Dodge, yeah. and so Joslin Castle is really the anchor of that area. But you know the fun thing that I love, Jill, and and you mentioned you know the houses that we drive by. Eventually, people will be driving by the homes on 190th Street, and they won't think anything of it. There will be big trees, and and you know they'll just drive by those ones in the same way that we drive by houses on 42nd or 30th or whatever. But I was so fascinated with this idea of the old important homes that I started doing research specifically into mansions in North Omaha. What made these houses so important? What made these spaces so vibrant and whatever? And I ended up writing another article with 20 mansions in it in North Omaha, north of 30th, east of 72nd. And it's humongous. You know, you have everything from the Zabriskie Mansion over in Bemis Park, gigantic old Queen Anne house. It's actually renowned nationally for being an example of the Queen Anne architecture style. You mentioned architecture. Mm-hmm. We have 40 different architectural styles in North Omaha homes alone. 40. Wow. It's sick. I mean, it's so yeah. huge. Yeah. But then these mansions are all over. There's one over on Florence Boulevard, north of uh, Ames Avenue. There's another one over, you know, they're, they're all over the place. There's one up in Florence. There's a couple over here, a couple over there. And I track them all on North Omaha history. But for the point of painting out this picture, lots of huge things have happened in the community. And one of the dilemmas is that people think that North Omaha is one big community, one big neighborhood. Right. And the fact of the matter is it's, it's one big community, but the neighborhoods there are dozens of historic neighborhoods in North Omaha itself. Mm-hmm. And understanding that alone, can help us understand the rest of it. Right. And right. all of Omaha is that complicated, but you know, right. the rest of it mostly covered. <laughs> I know, I know, right? And and those neighborhoods, they're really much smaller and compact and tighter than you realize. When you say North Omaha, people have a vision of where they think that is. And it's probably not right where they think yeah. it is. Um, yeah. And they probably don't even consider Dundee or Benson uh, to be exactly. part of that. And that is part of that. Um, exactly. the, when you mentioned too, one last, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time. I should have scheduled like for a double time with you because I could spend so much talking to you. Um, the architecture that's in that area in North Omaha. What? Tell me, okay, like Gold Coast. What did most of those families do? What? What? What right. brought so them these together? Were in, these were the in in the Gold Coast neighborhood specifically. So the first thing is to know that Gold Coast is actually the second Gold Coast neighborhood in Omaha. Didn't the first Gold Coast neighborhood in Omaha was at Tenth and Pierce. You think of it as Little Italy, you think of it as that kind of area, but the fact of the matter is the first mansions in Omaha were built, and it was called the Gold Coast neighborhood on 10th Avenue around this place called Forest Hill, where Augustus Coots built his mansion in the 1850s. The first one in Omaha, it was the most important place. So Gold Coast was a name for rich homes, right? That's, That's what they called that. The second Gold Coast neighborhood, what we call the Gold Coast neighborhood today, was built starting in the 1910s and right around the turn of the century. And then it it built out all the way through the 1920s. And in that time period, the people who lived there were important doctors, wealthy business owners and managers, and other people who were downtown. And one of the things that's hard for people to understand 
despite all the mythology from the coast about Omaha, Omaha had a lot of important business going on at the turn of the century. It wasn't cowpokes. Mm-hmm. That's all Omaha stockyard stuff that was way down there. But mm-hmm. downtown, you had insurance companies, you had banks, mm-hmm. and you had all kinds of different financial and technical services that were rich. I mean, it was a real city even at the turn of the 20th century. So those important people, quote unquote, important people, they lived in the Gold Place neighborhood. They also lived up in the Coots Place neighborhood by 24th and Wirt. They also lived along the prettiest mile in Omaha Boulevard, which is what they called Florence Boulevard from Ames Avenue North up to Reed Street. Never heard that before. And they also and lived they're in right. the Coots neighborhood. <laughs> it's beautiful. Say that again. I'm sorry. The prettiest mile in Omaha Boulevard. And then they also lived in the Bemis Park neighborhood over on Cumming Street around okay. 39. You say Bemis, I say Bemis. Am I Potato, okay? Okay, thank his, you. <laughs> his, his name, George Bemis. Uh, but that said, you. we call the Bemis Center for Contemporary Arts. Because most people, that is true. That is true. And it gets kind of, yeah, that happens over for a lot of names, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but when we say those things and those names of those places and names of the streets in town, every one of them has a person attached to it, it seems. Exactly. So I actually wrote an article on the, the streets of Omaha, of streets yes. Omaha. <laughs> and it tells out all of the names, all of the people. So if anybody's a big nerd about it, you can go look there. All right. I want to have you come back again. Um, just to, and, and I highly encourage people to go check out the podcast. Um, and I, I hope to get you back in here again and we can talk some more and, and just kind of dive into some of this stuff. It's just fun to go down this kind of a, a road. It's easy and it's, exactly. and it, it's so personal for so many people. Cause a lot of people live in those, you know, they live in those areas and they're like, I didn't know that I yeah. worked in those areas. I worked there for 16 years. I was right in Dundee and it's like, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, and the worst part about it all, Jill is, is you know, along with the people who live there right now is that a lot of people have memories of growing up there. Yeah. And there was this whole evacuation that happened of everything like East of 30th street. Like, white people just fled out of there. They just yeah. left so quick. And I would love to talk to you anytime about anything else, but to know that a lot of the old houses, even though there has been a lot of demolition, even though some stuff has fallen down, whatever, whatever, there are old houses, there are old churches, there are old commercial buildings, old stores and bars and dry cleaners. And, oh man, they're all, there, there are some still there and they need preserved. They need reserved. They need to come back. And that neighborhood needs a new chance with new life, as well as to secure who's already there and what they're already doing, because there's some cool, cool stuff. So anything Mm -hmm. to celebrate that history, I'm all about it. You mentioned Preston Love, and he's been instrumental in that, especially in that 24th and Lake neighborhood, um, trying to revitalize because that was a that was a busy area. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and all, the way, watch. all the way from all the way from coming up to Lake yeah. it, at one point, it's hard to imagine because you drive up this 24th street today and it's empty lots, empty lots. But from 20 from coming to Lake at one point was packed with two story buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We mentioned department stores at the beginning. That's one of the pieces of research that I'm doing right now is on department stores in North Omaha. There were four department stores on North 24th Street in these gigantic two-story buildings that were packed with stuff. But to imagine the crowds that would have needed to exist, to mm-hmm. imagine the business that would have needed to happen to rationalize all that. Woo. Yeah, that's it's crazy, been- though. A, a department store brought us, brought us to this discussion, and that's actually what you're, his, you're, you're studying right now. I can't wait go. to see what you have on that. It's well, so cool. Adam Fletcher Sass, and it is North Omaha History. Guys, get online, NorthOmahaHistory.com. You can check out his podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime.
All right, guys, right. thank you so much. It's 402-403-9478. I finally learned our phone number, by the way, if you want to leave us a text message for Pat and JT. Pat and JT Podcast, a Huda Media Production.